I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun, for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Australian survivor is a survivor in New Zealand. Survivor. 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 21 South Africans. 12 ordinary Australians. Hello everyone, Shannon Gustia getting you ready for some special off-season content for the Australian Survivor and Survivor off-season. And I have an interview with the executive producer for Paramount Australia and New Zealand named Tim Ali. And we are very, very lucky to have this interview today with Tim because Tim is an important player in the production of Survivor, of Australian Survivor, as you'll hear. I wanted to give just a little bit of background context on Tim, even though he's going to explain it. I want to spoil the whole interview, but just for the context, you know, Tim works from a network perspective. And as you'll hear very, very closely with the production side of everything, basically signing off basically on on everything and really looking at everything from a network perspective and an audience perspective on what we finally get to see as the final product in Australian Survivor. He's worked on the last three seasons. He also has experience as an executive producer on a bunch of the other Network 10 shows. I'm a Celebrity, uh, Mars Singer, Amazing Race, The Bachelor. So he has that experience there and he's very closely connected to Survivor. So we speak through, you know, kind of the approach in terms of casting, production, twists, editing, you know, all the things that are very, very unique to the franchise. And I think what's so important about that as well is that you'll even hear in the analysis that we do, everything that we talk about from a production standpoint is so innately tied to the network for Australian Survivor. Something I think we do a lot less of for US Survivor because it feels like with CBS, they kind of give them the time slot and then like let them run rampant because it's a given. They've been there for, you know, 44 seasons. Um, whereas Australian Survivor is in its infancy and, you know, you're always battling <laughs> with the networks. And it's amazing to me the kind of backing that Network 10 has given to Australian Survivor. Like it puts it up against, you know, the biggest competition, the shows that shouldn't be named, but that rhyme with The Rock and Buried at First Light. <laughs> so the fact that they're willing to let Survivor go up against these shows and, you know, support the show to to back itself at that point shows how invested it is in Australian Survivor. And then obviously um, going into a ninth season, that's very encouraging as well. So I think it's really important to talk about what the network, how it approaches things 
from an audience standpoint, how that longevity will hopefully be assured through that. Um, the different types of audiences that Tim and the network feel they need to balance was a really fascinating thing from the interview. Um, and something I didn't really get to as well with Tim, cause we, you know, we were lucky to have the 40 minutes that we had, but um, you know, I think the network is very, very committed to the super fan community. Like we, you know, we have jury Villa, but there's not even us Bondarosa anymore, but like the secret scenes and something like talking tribal where Tim is my boss on talking tribal, um, you know, really trying to cater to the super fan audience while also looking at kind of like all these other audiences and what Tim calls the broad audience, I think is a really fascinating thing. So yeah, I think that this is a really unique insight into that network perspective, which is so, so closely tied to production. And as Tim will tell you, um, I should just let you listen to the interview, but he he has to sign off on everything because obviously that's like the be all and end all. And Tim is a very important man. Very, very lucky to have any time with him. Um, hope that you guys enjoy this. It was certainly a thrill for me. And I think that getting some of the confirmations and insights from from Tim on how the network looks at it will make analysis also really stronger going forward when we look at what they do um, and why they do it. So really, really happy to have this one. Hope you guys enjoy and I will see you on the other side. Hello, everyone, and welcome to RHAP's coverage of Australian Survivor with some off-season coverage with an incredible guest. We have someone who is so important. I don't even think the listeners understand, and hopefully you will come to understand how lucky we are to have this person with us. He is the network executive producer for Paramount Australia and New Zealand, meaning he is like the big boss of Australian Survivor. He's signing <laughs> off on all the things that we get to watch and talk about. So we are so lucky to have Tim Ali here. Tim, thank you so much for being here. Thanks, Shannon. I really appreciate it. It's a big intro, and I don't, I don't feel it's uh, that over the top. But yeah, I mean, I, I guess it is somewhat important, you know, just yeah. the cog in, just the cog in the big chain, just the biggest cog in the machine that turns all the other cogs to make Survivor. <laughs> so we're very, very lucky to have you here, and we're very, very grateful. I'm so grateful. We've been looking to do this interview for a while, and to get into it, I'd love if you could just let the listeners know a little bit of the intricacies behind your role as network EP um, and yeah, how you kind of deal with the creative team on that and yeah, what your kind of day-to-day looks like in sure. creating a show like Survivor. Yeah, not a problem. Well, first of all, Shannon, thank you very much for being such a, a long-time passionate host of Talking Tribal yes, because the show would, would not exist would not exist without you. So thanks for being part of that thank year you. on year. Um, the audience love you and the show is uh, amazing uh, because we have you on it. So oh, thank you, Jim. We look forward to making more. Um, so yeah, so as you said, I'm essentially the, the network executive for Survivor. Um, I run uh, a lot of other of our big franchises as well, and Survivor is one of them. Um, I love Survivor. It's such a unique show. It has such a passionate audience, and my job is es- essentially to protect that audience, um, even though we you know, every decision that you make creatively um, isn't going to be liked by every single person that watches the show. That's just television and that's just hand in hand. But um, I guess in, in a broad sense, my job is to make sure that the production company, which is Endemol Shine, so I work very closely with the executive producers of Endemol Shine, who are the ones, those executive producers at um, Endemol are the ones that, do the nitty gritty of making the show. So they'll come up with all the creative ideas. They'll go do do the casting tour. They'll write all the scripts. They'll come up with all the challenges, um, you know, all the creative in terms of idols and twists and 
um, locations. Every part of the nitty-gritty of the show is made by Endemol. And then my role is essentially to come in and be part of that creative process by essentially approving what they present to us. So they will present a series creative, they will present cast, they will present everything about the show um, to me uh, and also uh, the person higher than me as well, our director of content and programming, Daniel. Um, and we'll all sit in a room, they'll present everything and we kind of have a discussion about it. And I think that's the big thing as well. You know, there's no real, although, you know, I my responsibility is to sign off on the show um, and allow them to go and create their vision and make the series. Um, you know, it's not a dictatorship kind of hierarchy in any kind of way. You know, Survivor is a show where people have lots and lots and lots of opinions on how it should be made. You know, I'm <laughs> a fan of the show. Daniel's a fan of the show. Beverly, the head of the network, is a fan of the show and her kids love it as well. So everyone likes to to buy into this. And then on the Endemol Shine side, you know, the executive producers are hugely passionate about uh, making the show. So they um there's there's a lot of ideas that that get thrown around and i think the most important part i think like anything in a in the you know in a content creation world today is that you have you you know you allow lots of people to have ideas and talk about them and work out what is going to be best for the show and i think that is the key thing is that what is best for the show um the show always wins you know in terms of everything that we're deciding on so, yeah, it's um, uh, yeah, and like I said, as you know, um, the amount of opinion that comes with Survivor every season, uh, and the amount of commentary, <laughs> this feels yeah, like a I know, me thing. Exactly, exactly <laughs> I know. Yeah. And I'm, I'm glad I'm not the only one because I cop it. I mean, the amount of messages alone, personal oh, really? text messages I get alone when the show goes to where everyone's. <laughs> Well, no, this is just people in the industry. This is just colleagues that work on wow. other shows or people at 10 or people at Paramount from other parts of the business. You know, I'll just get ran. I might even I might not even be watching the show off air that night um, because I want to see every episode two or three times at least before it goes to air because um, I do sign off on the pros process as well. So, um, but, you know, I'll be sitting at a dinner and I'll get some message and it'll just be like, George, capital letter, the four exclamation marks. I'm like, and then I'm at dinner and I'm going, hang on, what? Oh, that must have been that moment. Oh, yeah, that's funny, you know. So it just, it never stops. It never stops. But, yeah, so my, just going back to what my role is. So, yes, they, I will be involved in every creative stage of the show. So initial um, inception of the theme and the the series creative all the way through the casting process, all the way through the production process and being on the ground um, in the location uh, last year, obviously Samoa. And then I go into the post process as well. So I'll sign off on every episode once it's been edited. Um, and then from that, my job doesn't stop there because even though the production company kind of stopped once they deliver the finale, uh, I then go on to... Uh, the on-air process as well, which is where um, monitoring on-air, monitor, monitoring feedback, the publicity side of it all comes into play. So it's a probably, even though it's a two-month shoot in Samoa, the show is about a 10-month job 
football yeah. year round because there's so many elements of it. Once you've gone off air, it's only two months till you're starting pre-production for the next series. Um, so yeah, so that 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 kind of sums it up. But I guess I, you know, Endemol Shine will go off and have all their you know big creative ideas, and they'll have their whiteboards and they'll throw everything at the wall and they'll come up with all their ideas at, at, in every stage of the show and then bring it into me and say, this is what we want to do, you know, um, and then we'll have a conversation about it. And at, most of the time I say, freaking amazing, let's do it, you know, but think yeah. about this, but think about that. Have we thought about this? You know, if you're going to do that, can we make sure we steer it kind of in this direction? Um, and that's with post as well. So with post, they, will go away and edit every episode and then they will only show me when they are 100% happy with what they um, have produced and then I'll go in for what we call a network screening and I'll go sit down and they'll, you know, they'll play the episode to me and then I'll just give feedback and we just talk about stuff in the room. Um, and, again, look, a lot of the times there's not a, a lot of notes to be, to be given um, from me because a lot of our – creative decision making and my thoughts going into the series I've raised quite early so that they they can take that into their whole process um I don't really like kind of throwing bombs at them um halfway through post or you know oh I've got this idea can we do it this way now you know I like to get all my kind of creative influence done early so they can try and you know infiltrate that into the series where it needs to be done and uh, as a full you know, as a full process. Um, but yeah, so I'll sit in the screenings and they'll play the episode and I'll give notes and, and away we go. And we do that for the whole, uh, we do that obviously for every episode. So yeah, it's, um, it's a, it's a really fun process, but as I was just mentioning, mentioning to you while we're chatting before recording, you know, when you have a production team that you trust so much, it makes my job a joy because I just get to collaborate with them essentially and just bounce around cool ideas. Um, and, you know, like I said, everyone's got an opinion. No idea is necessarily the right one. The show, the show has to win in terms of what's best for the show and the future of the show. Um, and I think what makes my role my role and what makes it important is that I need to be seeing everything through the lens of our audience and the Channel 10 audience. Um, it's a tough balance with Survivor because we have a huge hyper fan base, which are just know every frame of every series, every episode, every contestant and their journey. Um, kind of like you, Shannon. <laughs> I hope so. Otherwise, so, I think I'm fired yeah, for all you drivers. Yeah. yeah. So we have the yeah, so we have the superstardom fan base, um, and then we have kind of our general fan base, which will kind of might miss a series, but we'll always casuals. jump back into it. Yeah. The casual fan base, yeah, yeah. And then we have what is really important to ten, and that's a broad audience. So you know, we have to be making a show that hits all our fans all different levels and that's really hard to do because you you never want to go you want to be able to go intricate with story and gameplay but can't go too far down that garden path that you can't actually explain it in a 60 or 90 minute episode you know and that's the other thing as well we've 
got time constraints. Like we're, we're a prime time show that has to sit in a commercial network schedule. So we can't just go on and make 120 minute episodes and tell every story that exists. It's got to, you know, the, the biggest uh, challenge for the production companies when they edit the show is they've got to pick the strongest, best stories and they've got to arc the stories and the show and the series in a way that's going to bring the best stories that happened on the beach, bring that out. For some, time, for some people that can seem quite easy because it's like, well, this happened at Tribal, so surely if that happens at Tribal, then that's the story leading through, um, leading through reality. But um, yes, to a point that's true, but also there's a lot of other intricacies that are happening with 24 contestants when we start and, and we want to try and lean into as many of them as we can playing backstories, getting the audience to care about our contestants as well. And then from a broader level as well is our contestants have to print so that our casual viewers or our even broader audience that just want to throw Survivor on in front of their family, our characters and the storyline have to smash through and print so it grabs that audience and they go, oh, that's actually quite interesting. Oh, I might watch that again tomorrow. Mm. So. Yeah, as well as not kind of, yeah, and then you've got to kind of not over-explain to a broad audience yeah. so you so you annoy the fan base. Yeah. Because you're like, yeah, 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 we know. Stop treating us as stupid. It's like, yeah, yeah we're doing that because not everyone might understand it. So, yeah, it's a... Um, it's a it's a pretty full-on balance. It's a, it's a yeah. pretty full-on thing to kind of juggle and and... Yeah, although I say we don't, you know, a lot of the time there, there isn't a lot of feedback to give in, in the post process. The times that there is, it's they're, they're at a pretty full on level because it's like it's conversation after conversation. It's going, that audience isn't going to understand that and we have to protect them, you know. And it's like, yeah, but this is so strong because of X, Y, and Z. So, you know, and, and it's always mm. a collaboration and we always land somewhere in the middle, which is fine because at the end of the day, something will happen and the, the something will go to air. Um, so it's just about finding that that middle ground, I guess. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's very interesting because I, I think I always think about it as super fans and then the hardcore casuals who are kind of between that. Mm. People were trying to convert into super fans with something like Talking Tribal, like into full super yes. fans. Um, and the casuals, but I hadn't thought of that like lower level of the broad audience of people were trying mm. to capture in with like one George confessional of like, oh, I've seen it now, I'm hooked. And that's how you create, that's how you start building the ladder to hopefully super fan. Yeah. So it's interesting yeah. trying to manage that. And if you're looking at it from that audience perspective, are there any like particular points of view that you have? Because as you said, that you're you're part of every part. So from a casting mm. perspective into production, twists, all of that location or like, and then, you know, the edit, all of those things. Is there anything specifically that you feel very strongly about where your point of view is always coming in from that audience perspective to say, hey, we need more blank or I'd love it to go in this direction or anything even yeah. specifically from the last couple of seasons that you've worked on that you really feel like you had a strong point of view of like it has to go in this way or I really like or don't like this specific thing? Well, I think if I cast your mind back and probably the listener's mind back to Brains versus Brawn, it was a fantastic series. Um, I think... Sorry, I'll just get back to that in a sec. But what I'm trying to say is I think every series we do, I'm kind of picking up something that we might go, you know what, that didn't really work or we didn't get a lot of great feedback on that. Like let's just, you know, take into account why that didn't work like, and how can we do it better? 
So I think every season we're, you know, learning and evolving and changing. So back to brains versus brawn, you know, that one, I personally thought, and I, I know that a lot of the viewers did too, that there were just too many twists and a, a lot of idols in that series. Um, yeah. yeah. So I think, yes, obviously the fans went mental and, Twitter went mental and everyone, you know, had Again, a, that was not me. I promise. I wasn't reading anything <laughs> <That's there. right. laughs> But so you don't know check what? Like, no, that's okay. And but but again, I think it wasn't like yes, it was really divided in the fan base and the fan base are the ones that are going to be vocal, you know, and that this is this is a thing I say um to a lot of people is like we never change a show because Twitter tells us to. Because my my big kind of philosophy on this is like well they have an opinion now whether like people that are posting have an opinion now whether it's positive or positive or negative doesn't matter because they're engaged it's the people that aren't engaged that we actually have to worry about and how do we get them engaged in either a positive or negative way so i'm not worried about if if twitter blows up because everyone hated something it's like cool uh, that that's okay and and then we can go into the research as to why they hated it it's like right well something in there triggered them all to go oh my god this is the worst thing i've ever seen or oh my god this is the most amazing thing i've ever seen so it's like it's just breaking down what that was and how can we adjust it to still get the same reaction but maybe not get maybe not get it so negative or whatever so yeah it's always a balance and we're always learning every series so yes brains versus brawn too many twists too many idols um and I think once you get into post production, you kind of you've you've locked yourself in because the twist, like you've you've produced the story on the ground, and it has to play out that way because you've produced it that way. So you kind of you're like, all right, we just got to lean in, and we got to do it, and we we take the learnings into the next series. Um, look, Brains versus Brawn was one of the highest, one of our highest rating series, and one of the most yeah. popular series. I and love it. We're we currently got... covering it, actually, a rewatch series of it. Oh, you are. Yeah, yeah. Cool. that's I how mean, much I enjoyed Hayley, it. We got Haley, George, Flick, you know, uh, Simon. Simon out of that series. So, yeah. you know, casting was brilliant. Um, you know, and that's the la. I think that was the last time we did before this one that we're doing now. This was the last time we did a full face-to-face casting tour because oh. of COVID. Wow. So, yeah. So And it was such we, a good we, cast. And it was a brilliant, it was a really brilliant cast. And only until now have we been allowed to to do that again. So I'm really excited for the future series because we've gone out and done a full um, casting tour again. Um, the casting tour has still obviously happened on other series, just uh, – with COVID and everything allowing us to be hands-on with it. We weren't mm-hmm. able to do that. But um this this series we were again, which is which is great. This one coming. But yes, Brains versus Braun, um, amazing cast. So although it was um it was pretty controversial in terms of how much how many twists and how many items we we put in the show, um, you know, it still ended up being a great series. So and then we look, we just you know, we just take that learning on and I think one of, to answer your question, one of the big things that I wanted to do was, I think, you know, given time restraints and all the story that's happening, you know, especially with the idol thing, what happens on the beat, like people walk past idols and miss idols all the time. But a lot of the time, the way it plays out on air is it, it, 
is perceived like they're just walking and they just find it straight away. So that doesn't actually happen. You know, people search and they don't find it. They spend days searching, they don't find it. But obviously, we don't have the time to tell all that story. So what one of the things that I want to do is try and create a way to tell that story where it's like try and find a moment where someone's missed an idol you know and it's there and it's look they missed it and you know and just trying to prove that point that they don't just turn up to them and find them straight away we really do hide them in really hard places and they are really hard to find um so that's kind of one thing i think twists is something that i i do kind of question a lot when they pitch a lot of the twists you know, have they been done in future series? Have they been done in the US? Have they done been, been done in other any other territories? How how were they perceived? What was the outcome? You know, I think it's I think for me it's really important to stay within the realm of the tone and concept of what Survivor is, and I don't want it to be going like yes, we have to evolve the show, but I don't want it to be going too far too far fetched with random twist because that doesn't protect the show it doesn't protect the format so but the obviously the the producers that we have in play feel very much the same and it's not really a conversation that has to go much further i just like to keep flagging it and remind reminding them it's like you know just explain to me where this has come from how this concept's been you know where the you know how it's the inception where the inception has come from and and what are you planning to get out of it and you know if it is something quite cool that is in the tone of survivor that maybe hasn't been done before but we all kind of think you know what if there's enough of us on board with this and we're all fans like let's just give it a go you know and i think that's what you know we did with brains versus bronze as well was kind of um that's a cool idea let's give it a crack um some things worked some things didn't but because i think it is important to evolve the show and I think we need to, again, it's just about balance. And I think being now going into our ninth season, um, our audience is educated on kind of what to expect. Um, and, you know, maybe a lot of our audience don't want to keep seeing the same thing. Maybe they want to, and we need to ensure that we're doing different things every year um, to kind of keep our audience engaged as well. So, yeah, it's just a balancing, but I think as long as everything is kind of pure and true to the format, then, you know, I think we, we can pretty much, you know, throw anything at the wall. Um, but I think that's the main overall thing. Um, what else? It's, I think, um, yeah, I think the idols and the idols and twisting is, is something that is always on the forefront of my radar. Um, cast obviously yeah. is the other one um that that's that's the big one really where that when they come in and and pitch our cast obviously we have a theme in mind um and that they uh actually in previous pre it's, it's kind of mixed and matched so usually usually we kind of have a theme in, in mind and then we'll go out and cast for that theme um and sometimes we go, why don't you go out and cast and see what you get? And then, you know, in the preference of actually putting the characters first and then adjusting a theme to go around what we find. Because which some, you know, and we've done both ways and both ways has benefits, both ways has disadvantages. But, um, you know, I think 
by putting a cast priority first in terms of going out there and finding what character you get um, can have its it can have real benefits because then you can just tailor a theme around it and you know you just you're getting the best character no matter what you're not trying to you know fit a, a square block mm. in a in a round hole or something like that so um, yeah but casting's a big one because that that again comes comes down to audience because you know we. 10 and Paramount have a very specific audience um, and we need to make sure we kind of stay within that tone and it's it's very important for us to stay within that tone with our casting. So, again, Endemol, us and Endemol have a very strong relationship and we're making this show together for years. So they, they, they know exactly what we kind of want and we know what they want as well. So we always kind of, again, just it's just that compromise. Um, but... You know, we need to, well, as Survivor is, you know, and this is this is why we commissioned the show. This is why we're so passionate about the show. It brings people from all walks of life into this scenario um, that plays out naturally. You know, so I think that's what's important. We got to we got to make sure that they're hitting a lot of different target markets and hitting a lot of different kind of audiences in their casting process. We don't want too many of the same type of people. Again, we've kind of had that in the past, you know, um, to use Brains versus Brawn as an example, you know, to cast the Brains versus Brawn, you're going to naturally get a lot of the same types of people in because it's quite a narrow theme, you know. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one of the other things we, with our themes, is we like to, I guess, learnings out of that is we like to come up with themes that we can, kind of adjust story um, to allow us to put more diverse characters in there. So it's not just uh, Brawn being a whole lot of strong people um, and Brains printing as kind of weaker in strength but stronger in the mind kind of thing. Even though that's what the theme was, we try and break out of those stereotypes. I think uh, yeah, like I said, having a theme that allows us to do that is important um, because anyone can be, you know, there's like heroes versus villains as well. You know, a hero can be a stay-at-home single mother with three kids who runs her own business. You know, she's a, she's a, she's her, she's a hero in her own life because of everything she's taking on, as well as your kind of natural, maybe a big, strong guy as a hero, you know, that's like kind of a, a stereotypical kind of superhero, you know? Um, so that was one we could really play with and villain, you know, villain can be portrayed in a lot of different ways as well. You know, like Fraser being the real estate agent as a villain, that was really smart casting. Um, and then even Simon, you know, Simon was a villain in terms of his survivor story. Um, so yeah, it's about, it's about being able to cast in a wide variety of um, characters to bring them into those tribes and the theme, I guess. Um, yeah. So, yeah, we're just very particular on that. And I think Ten's tone is naturally we are warm, supportive, encouraging, loving. You know, that's our tone throughout all our programming. So, um, even though Survivor is a game of deceit and lying and manipulation, 
um, we still like to have that tone kind of throughout uh, the show and what it is. Um, because again, that talks to our broad audience, you know, our broad audience want to be able to switch, switch it on and switch on 10, knowing that they, that overall they're getting a certain tone. Now, don't get me wrong. It doesn't mean we water down survivor in, in any type of way, but it does come into play where that it does come into play, uh, when, when casting and casting characters, you know, um, we, we don't go for super, super tabloid super high um yeah clickbait tabloid it's not the way tens tone is mm-hmm. um and that works for us and it's worked for survivor too um because you get a purist game um you're not getting people out there that are just playing the game for headlines they are very strategic and um they are playing the game true to their character and, and true to what we believe uh how the game should be played so yeah, I think that, you know, um, creative and casting is is probably in the forefront of, of my mind when it comes mm-hmm. to, um, you know, building a series. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. 
Yeah. And then so what about the connection to CBS? Because it's all under Paramount. There's been such a connection to the US show with like Sandra, Russell, um, and like, you know, some of the themes. I feel like there's like a reverence, especially with something like Heroes versus Villains for the US mm. show. Um, and obviously I feel like that, you know, it's a free bingo square. Um, for me to say, you know, what about a global season in the future, which is definitely something I want yeah. to take on. But there's a connection to the U.S. So from a network perspective, how do you kind of see that in terms of like, we're, you know, we're our own thing. And we, we've we got a lot, a lot of global recognition, I think. And then there's also yeah. kind of, you know, the big brother of the U.S. that we're, we're kind of always like reaching out a hand to a little bit. Yeah, for sure. I, look, I think they are very different shows, you know, and yes. again, it comes down to audience. You know, CBS make the show for their audience and an American audience, and we make the show for us. Just going back to that tone thing I was saying before, um, I watched a couple of episodes of David Verth's Goliath recently, the, the US one, um, and the way that they, the tone that that they kind of portrayed their characters in was they have no fear in going negative. Like their Davids made them, you know, they it made them feel so negative, you know, <laughs> to kind of set that kind of the gameplay. It was like the Davids versus Goliaths. Goliaths were so positive and, and Davids were, was, you know, so negative. Like we'd never do that, you know. We wouldn't say, you know, that in America I think, they can they talk a lot more openly about their class system, whereas I think we're very protective of that, and we wouldn't really go kind of near that because it's 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 unsupporting a certain part of Australia, um, and it's talking negative. It's talking about them negatively. So I don't know if we 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 would never kind of do that again. Um, our audience is all about you know support and uplifting, and everything has to have a has a positive tone like our villains in heroes versus villains you know we looked through the lens of like a disney villain you know what i mean it wasn't like we're not casting criminals and like all those kind of things it's they're disney villains or villains in the in the show in the Mm -hmm. in 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 survivor like simon you know he's Mm -hmm. a puppy dog in real life you've you've met him you know what he's like he's a puppy dog in real life but in terms of in the game he was a villain so it's about I think the American show differs because they, I think they lean a lot harder into their stereotypes like that. And the stereotypes are very different in America than they are in Australia. So here we have to speak very true to what our audience appreciate. Now, our audience do appreciate big, strong people, male and female, going at it in big, um, you know, in big challenges. Like we know for a fact that that's what our Australian audience appreciate. Um, and Sandra said it best when she came over and played this game in season seven, you know, she goes, wow, you guys, you guys really, um, value strength and loyalty and the loyalty is the big one too, because how many, how many seasons, like 12 people are sitting there in the or 11, 12 or 11 in the first couple of tribals, like, oh, keeping the team strong. No, got to keep the team strong and yet yeah, integrity and loyalty. And it's like this footy team mentality. You know, which I think it it's, it's speaks to kind of the Australian culture and a, a bit as well, and that whole tall poppy syndrome thing. It's like if you stand up and like have the the big opinion or tell someone what to do or whatever, you just cut out, cut down straight away. You know, and we've seen that so many times. It's a classic thing. I mean, Michael in series eight, you know, he just played way too strong, way too hard, and it's like, mate, 
back in your box. Otherwise, you're going to go kind of thing. Um, you know, and that, whereas in America, it's, they just go so hard from the start. They're just into it from the start. It's about who's the, you know, who's the stronger one to, you know, come out fighting. Whereas in Australia, it's not like that. Um, and I'm sure you have an opinion on this too, but that's the biggest thing that I've seen. It's just that, that um, keeping the tribe strong thing um, and the loyalty thing. And I think that's why players like George in the recent series, Brains vs. Braun and the recent series, which is why it's so important for characters like for us to highlight characters like him because he's showing us a new way of playing the game that isn't about solely about strength and loyalty of the team, you know, and his journey is, you know, we probably don't have time to go into his whole journey over the two seasons he's played, but I just want people to recognize that we recognize that as such an evolution of the Australian show and it's moving away from everything it's previously been about, which is strength and loyalty. It's, yes, he's still got loyalty. He's still got a little bit of loyalty, but in terms of the way he plays and strategically manoeuvres around his relationships and he's never the strongest person on the tribe and always protects the weak or his MO is, you know, protect the weak. You know, it's such, it's it's the first time we've really seen that in the Australian series and I think that's why it's so important and so good that our show has evolved that way through his style of gameplay. Mm-hmm. I'd love to hear from an editing perspective because Australian Survivor has quite a specific editing form, which can be controversial. I think a lot of people enjoy it. Some people, you know, are more used to the US style, but it's more like we have main characters, we have side characters, and that probably speaks to an audience component as well, where people have to mm-hmm. know who they're supporting, know who are the main characters, and maybe don't have the brain space for 24 people. So what's your kind of perspective on that and kind of how we'll see kind of extremes of content with someone like George, you'll know better than almost anyone probably in Global Survivor. And there are some people we don't remember. And what's your perspective yeah. on, on that kind of being the editing style? Uh, look, again, I think people just have to understand that, you know, it's a commercial, you know, it's a commercial primetime show that has to fit in the slot. And we only have so much time to, to tell a story and we only have 24 episodes to tell the whole series. Arc. So, and look, it is a lot. It is a lot, but I think there's you're always going to get players that are going to fall off into the distance in the in the background in the first you know week or so on air because it's just you know again our goal is for our characters to print strong and stories to to print strong. So we have to highlight them first and get those characters into our audience's brain, and generally they are the you know, the strongest stories that are that are happening on the beach um, up front, we, we've got to get them to the forefront because they are, are what gonna, is what going to carry the series through. Um, and then we can start, you know, plotting little seeds of other things that are happening and watching them grow. We had such an, and we do, we have an amazing editing team. The last series, um, I was just so happy with the way it came together because we that's exactly what we did, you know three episodes before something happened, we're planting that seed. Yeah. And then the arc evolves as a subtext, you know, on top of everything else that's happening, you know, and they, the team were just so genius in the way they put that series together. It was amazingly produced on the ground. Um, and the characters gave us absolute gold in terms of the, like they were so passionate about playing so hard. And I think when you get characters that do that, 
it um it, it just turns into great TV because it makes producing them fun or makes producing the show fun and then it makes it editing fun because you've got all these different places you can go. And I think having more options is better because you can, again, you can just plant this little seed and the flower evolves three episodes later and that what evolved then actually plays into account in six episodes' time. So you're getting these this constant beautiful flow of story arc. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think... Basically, putting putting your main stories forward to to grab our audience and to move us forward, and then once we've got them and we can drag them into future episodes, then we can start planting the seeds of of everything else that's going on. Amazing, Wilhelm. I know you don't have much more time. I, I feel like there are two questions I, I, I have to ask um, before we go. And firstly, yeah. global international season because they have brought Sandra. There is, you know, Russell. There is this kind of, you know, US thing. Have you ever thought about US versus Australia? Has is there something is that something you would personally be, you know, kind of keen for? I'm on I'm on board. Um okay. it's a, it's a conversation that would have to be had at the right time because I don't think I'd want to bring it up and it be shut down because it, it might not eventuate again. So you've only got, you know, you've only got to, to get a, an idea over the line and actually into like the concept actually evolve, you know, you've got to be quite strategic about when you pitch it or, you know, when you try and come up with that idea. So it's definitely in the back of my mind. And I, I think we've just got to wait for the op- the right opportunity for it to, to, to happen. But, um, and we've, look, I've spoken about it with Endemol as well. So okay. um, maybe, maybe, maybe. And then last question, what can be teased about what's to come? Obviously, as you said, we, you had this in-person casting call, looking at season yeah. nine. Is there anything you can give us to tide us over? And, you know, any, I, yeah, what, anything? Disappointingly, I haven't been pitched the cast yet, so I can't tell you much. All I can tell you is that they are having, I'm getting updates and they are saying it's going so, so well. And the characters that they're finding are some of the best we've seen. So um, stay tuned. Is there a theme in mind yet, or we're doing cast? There is, but I can't reveal. There is a theme, but I can't reveal it. No, of course. Well, I appreciate your time so much, Tim. Thank you so much for everything and for coming onto the podcast. And it's such a treat for the listeners. So thank you so much. Yeah, no worries at all, Shannon. Anytime. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Tim. Bye. Thanks. See ya. Talk soon. There you have it, everyone. Hope that you enjoyed this interview. Tim and I were saying afterwards, you know, we could have spoken about this stuff for hours. It's really, really interesting to me to get that from someone who's so important to the process and, you know, so important to that network perspective. So thank you all for listening to that. I really, really was um, fascinated by the idea of like, they they even feel that the Brains versus Brawn had too many twists. So I was like, that's a good thing going forward. You know, then now we know that that was a bit of an anomaly, which is interesting because I think that we felt with that being the first season after the break, we were like, is this it? Is this like the way that it is going forward? And I know that they have like a different EP in David Forster and Heroes versus Villains was so different to that. And we felt so much more chill. And, and it actually Blood versus Water as well, we felt was particularly chill in that pre-merge. And we really have liked a lot of the production decisions since. So the idea that they're learning from Brains versus Brawn and felt that that went a bit too far. That's fascinating to me because that shows they're on a different track than we might have thought at the time and that 
that's the anomaly compared to some of the decisions made after the fact and we know kind of their intention going forward. So I thought that was really interesting. Definitely the idea of, you know, casting for an Australian market, the idea of the different audiences was fascinating. Um, yeah, and just thinking through as well the future, hearing Tim say that maybe, you know, a global season is something he's considered and even spoken about. That's a fascinating one as well. So a lot of great insights there. Really hope that you guys enjoyed this. Speaking of Brains versus Brawn, as I mentioned in the interview, Rob and I are covering a rewatch podcast. Rewatch for me, first watch for Rob. We are about to do week two on that. And you really don't have to watch it to listen. I'm trying to do it where I recap the episode so that you can just follow along. And also Rob and I are just crazy. So yeah, I mean, don't feel that you need to do a lot of work for that podcast. Basically just turn it on and question why we are the way that we are. So yeah, follow that. Hope that you guys enjoy that as some off-season content. Follow me at Shannon Gates. Subscribe to the International Survivor Hap-Ups feed um, so that when anything comes out, you'll get it. I know I've been kind of vaguely teasing this for a while because we really have had it in the works and I'm really glad that we finally got to speak to Tim about everything. But yeah, hope that you enjoyed that. Hope that you're having a nice off-season. Nice to catch up with you all. There's a little bit of a debrief of the interview together. Um, yeah, and thank you so much for listening and I will see you next time. Bye. Australian survivor. 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 It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.